Hello fellow Redbirds, welcome to Bird Fans Forever podcast number 38. Please follow us on our at Bird Fans Forever Twitter account to be notified of our latest podcast videos and participate in our fun polls. Also go visit our website www.birdfansforever where you can find a list of our previous podcasts. If you haven't already done so, go, be, go visit Bird Fans Forever on YouTube and dunk on that subscribe button. YouTube has our archive of classic Redbird games that we've accumulated thanks to so many Redbird fans who've been kind enough to share their video libraries with us. We're still adding to our list of online games, and fans can go there and find an old game to watch. The good game to catch is the March 3rd, 1984 game versus Tulsa, who were ranked number 9 at the time. A great Redbird win with today's guest. Our guest today played for three straight NCAA tournament teams in 83, 84, and 85. In NCAA tournament games, he scored 49 career points. That's the most career points for a Redbird in the NCAA tournament. He scored 1,068 points in his career and was inducted into the Percy Family Hall of Fame in 2006. We'll be right back with Ricky Johnson. And welcome to Bird Fan Forever, episode 38 with Ricky Johnson. We call him Slick. He played from 1981 to 1985. He played on three NCAA teams. I still got a correction from Lou's episode. So if you've watched Lou's, he kind of dogged Ricky on his free throw and shooting percentage. And we're going to put a correction to that. Ricky is ninth all-time field goal percentage leader at Illinois State with 53.6. I've dropped as a and you dropped it nine. <laughs> and I slick it number two, man. Have people been making that many shots? And, and <laughs> slick. Everybody ahead of you is four inches taller than you, and probably didn't shoot the ball inside of nine or ten feet, right, or outside of nine or ten feet. So, the shooting stuff that Lou referred to is just the brotherly dogging. So, slick, man, thank Lou, you for Lou, being Lou on. Lou works for an auto plant, man. Those fields have to be, you know. Those are the fuels and stuff that you know, he has to have in production of, 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 of those cars. It has to affect your memory, man. So that's my brother. He knows how much I love him. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, get out of the air more, Lou. So. <laughs> All right. So easy question. Like we always start, big slick Rick, how did you get to Illinois State? Um, which I, you know how the process goes, man, when, you, when you're being recruited, man, it's, uh, it, I had fun with the recruiting process and, and, um, and, you know, things are somewhat different now, but my process, man, was probably similar to yours, man. I mean, it's some things I wanted, I wanted to, to do in turn, some things I was looking for. And to be honest, which I mean, it kind of it, it kind of turned into a process that uh, was pretty was pretty uh, complete and, and and easy. You know, you get four visits, and I wanted to get those narrowed down. But uh, where'd you go? My coach says, "Oh, you know, Oklahoma, uh, Indiana was in that final six. Uh, any kid that grows up in Indianapolis, Indiana, wants to play for Indiana. That's just you know, you grow yeah. up. It doesn't, you know." You know, he, he at some levels want to be recruited by Coach Knight, and uh, I was fortunate enough that that they were looking at me, and um, SMU, and you know, but you know, the thing was that one of the most interesting things, you know, before I get into it, you know, I got narrowed down to that. I had a lot of friends that played for Butler, and this is kind of pre-Butler, pre-national championship game, Butler. You know? Yeah, but, right. 
a lot of the a lot of the high school guys that uh or a lot of guys from my neighborhood some guys that i played against went to butler so you know i could see those guys every day if i wanted to you know butler's fit tw you know 25 minutes from where i grew up at but I use Butler as one of my official visits, so I can hang out with those guys for two days. Minutes <laughs> <laughs> from my house, but but um, by then I kind of knew kind of knew where I was, you know, what I was looking for. But I still wanted to go hang out on the campus of Butler, you know, because I wanted to hang out with my friends. But yeah, Illinois State just had everything, man. I'm, uh, they had, you know, it was close to home. Uh, uh, I wanted to major in uh, mass communications, and I loved their mass communications department. Uh, uh, it's just uh, the players were so cool, John. You know how important that is that you feel comfortable with, yeah. with you know, you know with what you're going to be, you know, who you're going to be living with or become brothers with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Oregon State was number one team in the country, you know, ninety percent of the time that year, and it, you know it came down to Oregon State and Illinois State, and the deciding factor basically was the amount of time I got to spend with the players and the coaches. You know, and not as much, you know, but it wasn't, I don't blame Oregon State. Again, they were number one team in the country most of the year. You know, when I went on my visit, you know, they had three autograph sessions which took four hours. You yeah, know, yeah. and, uh, you know, they just wanted signatures, man. They they had, people were bringing in, the you know, Oregon State's their nickname was the Beavers. People were bringing in live Beavers or stuffed Beavers <laughs> and, and had, had the players signing real Beavers and, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> this is insane, man. But right, uh, right. Illinois State just, you know, as well, John, you know, Illinois State felt like home, man, right away, you know. Yeah. And and it was pretty easy. I, good undergraduate mass comm department, an opportunity to, if I worked hard enough, to make a contribution early in my career. And uh, it was close to home. I mean, I'm really close to my family, and, and that kind of that kind of sealed it for me. Yeah, yeah. Talk about your high school team, because, you know, I got to play against one of those goofballs he destroyed us um and we do not like the trees on this podcast here um and i get busted on indiana state every time i kind of dog them but unfortunately you and i know how it works right anybody outside illinois state in the valley is not my favorite school and so um yeah. talk about your high school team because you had a killer high school yeah, team we were um you know we get you know the kind of you know we got three players off our high school team there are in our respective universities hall of fame myself john sherman williams at Boo! and uh you know he's not <laughs> i know he's your boy but man he destroyed us he, he, he's uh john's the second leading career score in missouri valley conference history yes and we played you know we grew up you know five minutes from each other we played on probably on the same team since fifth grade Wow, and then we had a point guard by the name of Darren Fitzgerald that Steph Curry just broke his three-point shooting record at Davidson, and but it's one record that I don't think anybody's gonna ever get. Well, maybe I shouldn't say never, but uh, Fitz is still he's a Butler's second career leading scorer, and Fitz is still the leader in average threes per game, like at seven. You know, he had sixty-five against Detroit. He's five foot eight. These <laughs> are the guys that I played three years of high school ball. And we couldn't even get out of a section. That's how tough the area was. And and you guys might have heard of Trey Lyles. He played well for Sacramento this past year. He played in Kentucky. Lottery pick. His father was our center, and Trey only wished he was athletic as as well as his as his uh, father. Yeah. And Thomas yeah. Lyles was this amazing. You know, played pro, played some professional basketball. 
Man, we were loaded. We had a guy by the name of Larry Jury who went to Big Ben out of Washington and ended up getting a was the final cut of the Trailblazers. He couldn't even get on the court, you know, for three years. Right, so right, right. We were loaded, but the whole city was loaded, you know, and there was no class system. So it's interesting, you know, I had 300 people in my class and in the school, probably 700. That would have put us in like class A. And if I, you know, no disrespect to class A, but I'm glad the fact I got to play against, for example, I got to play against Brad Duncan my senior year when we, they were number one in the state and we were number two in the state. Wow. You know, six, you know, 4,000 people or something at that game. Right. You know, you don't, I don't know if those type of games are going to happen with, you know, with the enrollment difference now. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so Steve, you going to say something? I was going to say, did you guard Brad during that game or no? <laughs> but, you know, Brad was a, almost a four year starter. So, Anderson Madison Heights, I mean, if you know anything about Indiana, their basketball history, you know, they, they've had three or four Mr. Basketballs, and, you know, and so Brad was a starter, and I, so I had heard about Brad, and um, heard about how well he could suit, and, uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, we, um, when the captains met, you know, he came out there, and they had two players, Winston Morgan and, and uh, 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 uh Stu Robinson, um, who ended up playing for Indiana, starters for Indiana. So I knew about them. And, and, you know, when I came out there to meet the captain, man, Sherman, I'm like looking at Brad. And there was this thing that said that Brad, you know, it was a rumor, but Brad couldn't see him one out. But this guy was the best shooter in the state. And uh, (laughs) kind of of fast forward, you know, when we got the the Illinois State, Brad was like, yeah, I saw you looking at my eye at the captain's meeting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was number one team in the state, number two team in the state, and they put a clinic on us, you know. But I was like, I was looking at Brad like, okay, can you really see out of that? Nobody that can shoot that well only has one. <laughs> that was a joke, he killed us too, man. He, he he shot the ball well, man. But, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, I was happy. I actually went there, you know, uh, came to preview with Brad and his parents. So, uh Again, it's, you know, those guys, man, you're probably, if I bring up Brad, Michael, or Lou, man, I mean, during this uh, this uh, podcast, man, I, I will start smiling, man, because those, those guys are my brothers. Right, right. My voice will crack uh, any stories I tell because it's just, it doesn't get any better than that, man. I mean, to have, and you know what I'm talking about, Pimp, when you have. Man, I have it too. Like that, man. I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that. Right, right. Did you, were any of them on the visit when you went to ISU? I'm, I'm sorry, Steve. When when you went on the visit, were any of them with you? No, no. Um, you know, the thing was that, you know, it was hard for me to get a visit in because no one to go for and Oregon State was this, you know, they wanted decision right away. They wanted decision right away. And I understood, I mean, you know, they were way on the, you know, northwest part of the country. But, you know, the challenge for me, uh, Steve, was that I ran track. And okay, I was, yeah. I was the best sprinter in the state. And I, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I was running 48s and 49s. I was one of the best sprinters in the state. So my track coach wasn't having it. And, <laughs> you know, my track coach, uh, may he rest in peace, Coach Wall Stiles, one of my favorite people in the whole world. But uh, him and Coach Donald Waxy, you know, because Coach would come <laughs> and want to talk to me. Doing it, and he's like, Johnson has to be out there on that track, you know. And, <laughs> Swing some game takers, and he's not coming in, you know. So, you know, my high school coach was kind of in the middle, but 
you know, I mean, I had track meets. And then what happened was is that I got hurt. I, I ran the state's fastest 400 third week, and I got hurt the next meet. And I uh, put, a, put a muscle, and so that kind of opened up, well, I can go on business now. So uh, nobody saw I came on a Monday, and it's interesting because I was looking at television today, and the game, I came on a Monday the day that Ronald Reagan got shot. You guys remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Ronald Reagan gets shot. Indiana is playing North Carolina for the national championship, and they're deciding whether or not they have the game. That's the, I came, So I came on, who goes on a recruiting trip on a Monday? Right. So, uh, so, and that's kind of sealed the deal because I get here, and I'm, uh, there's, you know, they saw me, saw me around. Reagan gets shot, goes down, and I'm going on the TV ten, right? And I, the students are doing all the interviews, and it, and they're saying, "This is what you're going to be doing when you come to Illinois State off the court." It was amazing. They grabbed the cameras. They're interviewing people in the quad. I'm like, and that's that's what kind of sold me, the fact that the students were doing all the interviews. Excuse me, and. Um, so I was on I was on a Monday. I had the best Monday visit probably in the history of Illinois State. Man, the way Ty sold me some stuff. I'm thinking, y'all getting down like this on Monday? You know? So that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. So uh and then Indiana won the game and you know, so that made me happy, you know. So uh, you know, it just everything came to part. It was like a like a perfect storm. And but I was by myself and you know, and, and I had the the thing was that at this point, my mom was getting a little tired because me and my mom lived together by ourselves. And she had, you know, my mom was a sports fan, but this recruiting stuff, she changed her number. So I came back from my visit to Illinois State and she just said, you know, Sam Scarrett's father brought me back. She said, hi, Coach Scarrett. Ricky, throw your laundry there. You have to fly out to Oregon State tomorrow morning. You know, and it was like, mom, you have to stay there in front of Coach, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in, throwing in, getting a suitcase, flying back out. And my mom was about sick of it, man. I said, Mom, I think I know where I'm going, but I've already promised Oregon State I would come. So, yeah, yeah. That is awesome, dude. That is it's, awesome. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it worked out well, huh? It did. So, it did. And then to have Sam Skerich's dad, because I had Coach Smith and Coach Cunningham bring me down, right? Coach Cunningham drove me down, and then Coach Smith flew, drove me back. Oh, right, gosh. and to be able to sit in the car with the coaches, I don't know about you, but that was very different because everybody else wanted to fly me in and out, and but I didn't get yeah. any time to spend yeah. with the coaches. And so, you know, creating that bond with those coaches is very important because those are the guys that are going to teach you, coach you, right, did I want to be a part of this situation? And that's really kind of what sold me. And it's kind of neat to hear you talk about Coach you know, Sam Scarich was my roommate for two years and my teammate for five years. Yeah. And, and I know Sam Sr. And, and he drove you back. That is so cool. And so. Yeah, he was. Uh, my mom really, you know, my my mom, you know, my mom's the nicest person in the world. I might be a little biased yeah. with that, but she, yeah. uh, <laughs> man. And, uh, but she really liked Coach Scarich. And, you know, to kind of go back to Brad's thing, uh, you know, um, you know, they set it up that me and Brad went to preview together. So we didn't go to recruit, but we had to come to preview together. Right, right. And I hadn't seen Brad since they beat us. <laughs> you know, and Brad never picked to win the state. We were picked to win the state, and we both got upset. But I hadn't seen him since we won. So, you know, Brad's father pulls up, knocks on the door. I come out. We drove two and a half 
hours without saying one word to each other. Really? Yeah. Seriously? We both, we both sat in the back seat. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? And that was it. That was <laughs> it. And then on the way back, so you go through preview, you know, previews a couple of days. So they made us yeah. play that evening. Yes. And, uh, same here. Same here. Yeah, we play. We had to go wherever you had to play. And the coaches are there. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get Brad back. So I kept I, I kept stealing the ball, but I was fouling. I'm like, they can't call foul. So I must have had like 10 ducks at scrimmage, man. And I just kept ripping him and fouling him. But whether he was yeah. tough, he wasn't called foul. So I must have dunked on. I dunked on McKay Smith. I dunked on everybody. I was just going nuts, man. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so we rolled back to Indianapolis. Brad didn't speak to me then. Yeah. <laughs> in a car without saying one word. And now, and now when we talk, we never stood up. So gotta yeah. stop. <laughs> that was brutal, man. You know, every now and then, Brad's father would look back and say, "Guys, okay, come." Nobody sat in the front seat. Me and Brad sat in the back seat. Brad's father had a cool 1969 Chevy, man. You know, and he drove it about 45 miles per hour, man. And, you know, and then, I mean, can you imagine sitting in the back seat? Nobody's in the front. And like driving Miss Daisy, but driving Brad, you know, just like a chauffeur, fucking driving Brad and Ricky, and we didn't say a word, not one word. That's kind of cool. All right, Slick Rick, you made my life miserable with Indiana State. So tell us why you made my our lives miserable with Indiana State. Well, what's his name? Uh, Indiana State had a player by the name of John Sherman Williams. I know this town. Remember him? He was this. You know, me and Sherm grew up together in Indianapolis. Man, we played on sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. You know, you know, he's a year behind me, but we played on every team together. You know, from about third grade on. And um, so, Sherm uh, was just talented, man. I mean, freaky talented, man. I mean, I remember when he first started dunking. He was like twelve, man. They kept raising the rims at the boys' club, so. <laughs> You know, and they raised it up, raised it up, and he said, Sherm, you know, you, how do you tell a 12-year-old to stop dunking? I mean, you know, he, he was just that incredible, man. He's second in career scoring in the Missouri Valley Conference. You know, he's right behind Larry Bird. I mean, that's kind of, but the thing was that, you know, I, I had a little bit of success with him because I was familiar with him, but I knew for a fact, man, that uh, when I left, I was going to have a problem with him. <laughs> so, and, uh, and I know he was itching because... The thing is, is that a story is that you know we didn't really recruit, you know, they never recruited Sherman, and you know my high school coach would bring the, the team down when Sherman was still a, a senior, and uh, Sherman always thought, you know, why wouldn't Illinois State recruit? You know, Coach Donovan didn't think he really had a chance, but we were pretty full, you know. But uh, you know, uh, he just really, really was looking forward to playing Illinois State when I left. He's like, nobody well, talk about, talk about the last game you played against him and how yeah, you ended yeah. up beating him. Absolutely. But I'm going to go back to when he, I was a sophomore. He was a freshman. And he was, as a freshman, he averaged 19 and a half game, points a game as a freshman. He was the leading scorer, no, second leading freshman scorer in the country. And we're, me and William Anderson, we all played the same conference. Remember William Anderson? So yep. We, yep. Play, we, all we all played the same conference. And we're looking at this scouting report, and of course, Sherman had like a, you know, people think I could jump. Compared to Sherman, he he was, jump. Well, Sherman, 44, I mean, could just 
and he had these big hands, like bigger than Michael Jordan type hands. So he could yeah. do stuff with it, you know. I mean, I still could never palm a ball. So he his stuff looked effortless. But we're looking at the we're looking at the tape. You know how they would put down the personnel and show some video in school. Yep. Uh, yep. And yep. then uh, Coach Platt was like, you know what? You got to be off of him because he will jump over you and dunk. Give him a jump shot. Give him a jump shot. Miz and me and we look at each other like. And Hank Corley was going to start on him. He said, Hank, you got him. I'm like, Hank, do not lay off. No him. way. But they telling me to say, Hank, man, William, tell him, you know. So Hank comes out, and the first five times he gets it, and the three-pointer was in effect, we expect, but he hits four 20-footers on Hank from 20 feet out. Just catch it right and just yeah, and yeah, yeah. off of him. The fifth jump shot he came, he ran down the sidelines, and Hank cursed out every coach on the bench. <laughs> 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 I mean, of course not Coach Donawal, but all the way. <laughs> I can't even repeat this. This is a family show, what Hank said to him. And I said, Hank, I told you. So when I got when I came in, I usually was if somebody my sophomore year, somebody got hot, I usually was the first person to come down and stop him. I said, Watch how I guard him. I held him, held him, bumped him, got physical with him. Yeah. Yeah, and I absolutely. Him. I said, you think I'm listening to the guy report for somebody I've known my whole life? No, no, no. Not yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, uh, the kind of fast forward, you know, we had beaten them like six straight games. And then uh, my senior year, they had a chance to beat us in overtime. They had the ball. The score was tied up. Worst thing was a little overtime, but they ran a play that, our coaches did phenomenal jobs on, on the scouting. Out Absolutely. Our, our second team, our, our teams can run the other off teams' offense. Got a story about that, too, but can run the other teams' offense better than they could. But if, if we got three days to prepare, it was a wrap. Yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, so they ran a play that I was familiar with. So I stole the ball with Dad. Dad, with about four seconds ago, took two dribbles, went to the half court, shot him from 50 feet, and went in. And Sturm just collapsed. Because you got to remember, you know, you go over the summer, man. We're bragging rights, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Amen, one, right? And I tried to pick him up, man, and he swung on me, man. That's yeah. why I'm a, a fan of the, you know, the greeting line, man. Because I tried to pick yeah. him up on the ground. I was like, you know, I said this went to the locker room. And it, another thing about Indiana State, they have the type of system where, you know, where you set. I mean, I mean, excuse me, your season tickets for football, basketball is part of your tuition. So right. it's first come, first serve. That's right. how Indiana State with Larry Bird had those crazy crowds because, you know, it's like that's why they were getting to the games like three o'clock, man. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, So you don't pay for tickets, and I probably had about sixty former classmates that went to Indiana State, and man, they were giving it to me. They gave it to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, see, you should have went to Indiana State. You know, Indiana State didn't recruit me, but they didn't care, man. Yeah, you know, Ricky, you ain't, you know, you're a trainer, you're a trainer. I hit that shot, and I, I, I think still today, I'm the first person that, and I know the Wayne Wade gets credit for it in Miami, but I ran and jumped on the scores table when I hit that shot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm one of the first people to hit a shot and jump on the scores table. Now everyone, you know, everybody's, you know, Michael Jordan did the six out there, and they won, you know. I jumped right. on the scores table first. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was it was fun playing against Sherman. And, you know, my high school coach, who I was like a second father to me, he played basketball at Indiana State, too. He always wow. said he didn't care who won, but 
Coach Alfredo cared, man. Our <laughs> <laughs> game, man. I'm thinking. I know you want Sherman to win because you're an international grad. It ain't happening today. <laughs> I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure Sherman went for 30-plus both times my freshman year. Wow. Um, and I'm pretty sure he beat – we need to go look that up. We'll look at – I can tell you one game he won. It was your senior year in the Missouri Valley Conference. We yeah. hosted Indiana State the first round, right? Yes. And we were like, we were on the bubble, and that, that guy makes like, he's making these 20-foot turnaround, turnaround jumpers guarded. He was just on fire. Yeah. And he, he had a lot more day. points because he had, because you had the experimental year with the three-point layer, but three of your four years did not have a three-point line. He would have made a ton more points, right? The three-point line wasn't even in my freshman year, right? So. You know, I mean, when Sherman would come in town, I would go pick him up at the Holiday Inn North and bring him over for dinner and we would hang out because, you know, John, you know how our pregame was. You know, you didn't have no freedom. But it was no, like, no, was no. Home. They just got for them and it's like, hey, be on the bus, whatever. You know, really? We had walkthrough where you had to wear a suit, walkthrough, we had film session, and no matter what. and. We would be in a room in a suit and tie, but it would just be us. We were dressing up for yep. ourselves, and they would yep. go over personnel, go over everything, and uh, and then we you would be released, and then you had to be back, you know, and be ready to go. And he'd say, hey. 40 you minutes. You'd have like 40 minutes. You'd have just enough time. Some guys would change. Some guys would just head right to the gym. I would head to the gym because I was always in a suit after the game, right? Yeah, so, yeah you had to wear a suit. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I, would, I would have picked up Sherm. And brought him up for dinner because he wanted to keep it for them, and you know we made dinner for him. And uh, and I said we got to go, Sherman. He said, "Man, they'll wait for me." And the bus was leaving out. I actually had to cut in front of the bus so he could get on the bus to go to the arena. <laughs> and all I cared about was Donald finds out I'm spending time. Oh, you're dead now. Yeah, because it was. Uh, my junior year, we were playing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had a guy from my neighborhood. They was younger. He actually played with uh, with uh, with uh, Mike Mike Williams at Cincinnati. His name was Jeff Robertson, and Jeff was playing Pittsburgh. And you know, we were in a, a tournament. And at that time, I was uh, I was going nuts my junior year. My first eight games, I was having like twenty eight points a game. I got thirty five. I was just going nuts. To tell you how it ended up, uh, I only ended up averaging 15 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> the first eight games, it was kind of cool. I'm, I'm picking up USA Today. I'm like number nine in the country in scoring. And uh, we played Pittsburgh, man. And Pittsburgh played a box of But anyway, the night before, playing video games in the hallway. And we're playing Pittsburgh in their own t- uh, tournament. And Donald Wall comes down there and sees it. I'm thinking, uh-oh. And... Uh, I went four for four, but they did a box of one, so I only got four shots. Hey, right. Four for four right. missed. But I knew I, so, you know, you know how it is, John. You come in after a road trip, get dressed. And he made us practice after flying back from Pittsburgh. And I knew I was going to get <laughs> 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Yes, yeah. it was always us at Indiana State. And John Sherman Williams welcomed me into that midnight practice because we bust <laughs> back from Indiana that oh, Sunday yeah, afternoon yeah. from Terre Haute. It's got to be 11, 12 o'clock. We walk in there, and he's like, I've got nothing to say to you suckers. Dressed and ready to go in 20 minutes. Man, we we played, uh, actually it was an afternoon practice. We flew, man, but 
We practiced three times after wins in my career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you just didn't play well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't a, you know, coaches, coaches philosophy was, I want to play the game as well as you can play. You know, right. you know, the, the rules say you have to put an opponent. It's kind of like chess. When you play chess against yourself, you know. The rules, the rules of basketball simply say you have to have an opponent. We didn't really look at it that way. You know, we were competing against the game. And one, yeah. one game, I remember, University of Detroit, um, we spent three days, and he wanted that first pass pushed beyond the three-point line. He wanted it pushed out. And we were pushing it out to about the free-throw line, okay, instead of the three-point line. Now, we won the game by 12 points. And good enough, man, downstairs. Go up, Jim. Okay. <laughs> we did that thrill. And I'm thinking, it's funny, man, because you come out of the locker room, and people would surround, wait for autographs, and we, we can't sign nothing. You got to go down that ramp in the Horton Field out. <laughs> We, you gotta you know, go down the ramp. So also, we got practice uniforms on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, games where we like my freshman year, we played against Bradley. Now, yeah, I'm a freshman. I'm not versed on the rivalry yet. Right, I started right. that game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, make a long story short, uh, we were in number two defense, John. You know that was switching everything. Anyway, Bradley had beaten us four straight, but that's why I got there. That was my first Bradley game. Anyway, my right. man tipping the ball at the buzzer. Can you imagine your man against Bradley tipping the ball at Horton Fieldhouse at the buzzer? I got and, a bad, I got a bad Tulsa story. Yep. Yeah, we come in the locker room and he said, "Who was guarding mine?" And the thing was, I was, but we switched to two offense because I recognized what was going on. Bradley used to run this thing called T game. I said, "I noticed it. Go to number two. Everybody did what they were supposed to do except Rick and Mike. And Donald Wall said, Johnson, go to the board. And I'm 17 years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This last play. I'm like this. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah. I'm shaking. You know, you got to draw a little a, a basket free throw line and put 10 people on there and zeros and X's. And I'm shaking. And I'm like, you know, and I, and I'm throwing lines that way, lines that way. And I said, well, and I said, well, I saw two. And after about 20 minutes, he said, sit down. <laughs> and we played at 11 o'clock, okay? We, we we played at 11 o'clock, right? Um, early game. Game was over about one. He kept us in that locker room at 8 o'clock at night. Okay. And yep. you know, he was like, go get dressed for practice. And uh, he would say, then he would call the captains to his house. He lived on Garden Street. The captains would come back and say, we got practice in 30 minutes. And he said, tell him to get taped. Tell him not to get taped. We went through that until 8 o'clock at night. And at 8 o'clock at night, he sent us home. Wow. It was 12 o'clock to 8. We didn't lose to Bradley again to my senior year. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I yeah. ain't going through that again. You yeah. know? <laughs> no. and, and then on top of that, now this is kind of cool, right? So I knew I was in the right. So we get back to Waterson. I said, Mike. I said, Slick, don't worry about it, man. I'm going to get it tomorrow. I know. That. <laughs> I out yeah, once they saw the tape. Said, Why did you yeah. say that? He said, Mike said, I want to get it tonight to the road. <laughs> Check this out, fellas. Tell me, this is cool. So we come in for practice the next day. Donald Wall sets up the, the last play of the game. Okay. I didn't find out what I'm going to tell you until 10 years after I graduated. But coach has set up the last play with memory. They had those reel-to-reels in. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broken yep. projector. It was only he had it fixed to run for ten seconds because the, the motor had almost burned out, but it worked. So that last play. Yeah, yeah. And it so Michael McKinney backpedaling out of the way, <laughs> and Marty Mann running right past him. Now the ball pick. So again, for effect, picks up the projector. Boom, goes into a hundred pieces. The projector was already broke. Right. We were like, yeah. He was talking, coaches went scrambling, lenses were going everywhere, you know. And he turned to McKinney and said, you lost it. Because coach walked up to me when we walked in. He walked up to me. And again, I didn't know that he had talked. He, I thought he was, he said, second hand. I said, take my hand. You did. What, a 17-year-old? I'm thinking, here go everybody else. Here go Brad Lou. I thought he was going to hit you too, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey, that's one of my favorite Bradley stories, man, because that thing went, he said, now clean it up. We didn't lose to them ever again. We beat yeah, them, in the, yeah. you know. We we cost them. We cost them a trip to NCAA tournament. We beat them. Oh uh, yeah. And I tell them yeah. we didn't lose again to my senior year. I say, yeah. well, let that be a lesson, young coaches. Break a projector in front of your team. You won't lose <laughs> no more. You do. Throw a real real projector against the wall. That will guarantee you six straight wins against your rival. Unfortunately, most coaches today don't know what a projector is, let alone <laughs> you're true. dating yourself. Man, I mean, I, I was missing those DVDs you held up, John, man. And, and what am I saying? What's a DVD, man? I, I, everything's on fire. I'm like, gee, oh, my goodness, man. So, yeah, I know. I know, man. We're dinosaurs, yeah. man. We're converting these over for Ricky. We're yeah, putting them up yeah, on Birdfan, and I'm getting, I'm making copies. What are those? What are those, man? It's like flash drive, man. I'm making copies so that he can keep his originals and send his copies out to his teammates. So, yeah, I, yeah. I can we talk about more Bradley moment? Loaded. I'm in my living room now, man. I keep games loaded downstairs in the family room. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you come to my house, you have to watch me. I got everything. <laughs> I got remotes everywhere, man. I mean, I got remotes on my hip like a holster, man. I can turn on that one, turn on that one, go downstairs. I'm good. You come to my house, you're watching me. <laughs> Ricky, you were you played in that game with. Lesson. It was Duncan, right? They they kept throwing the balls back and forth at each other. That was the coolest thing in the world, wasn't it, Steve? <laughs> I love that thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would never happen this these yeah. days, right? And that is Brad. You know, let me tell you something about Brad. We had a reunion, we had a reunion uh, last year. Uh, we got together for the Big Ten tournament, but and uh, Coach would deny that Brad. You know, Coach and Brad laugh of it. Okay. Uh, People in Bloomington, Brad Duncan was Coach Donovan's favorite player. And I don't even think it's close to second. Really? <laughs> now, they will deny, like a good coach is going to say, I had great players. And, you know, and I'm even going to go as far to say, even when Coach went to Western Michigan, Brad just epitomizes everything Coach loved in the player. You know, just, just, you know, Brad, and Brad would do some things, man, Brad. You know, Brad would come out there, man, and, and maybe hung out and say, you know, we would have to run a three-mile run for the distance. And Brad said, yeah, I think I'm going to run in the 16 today. And I know what oh. Brad did the night before. Okay. So <laughs> I've heard these stories, yeah. The party. yeah. I, I, I know we did. And he would go out and run a run a five-minute three, you know, five-minute uh, interval. And just blow everybody away. Yep. You know, we not even be breathing hard. And then, you know, one time him and Coach Platt got into it. You, know, you probably never heard this story. Brad, because Brad was always right. Brad was that smart. I'm telling right. you, man. So we were running over something, 
And Coach Platt has set up the, uh, the, the scheme, and he wanted to bump the cutter and then contest. Brad did that, but he saw something else, so Brad didn't bump him long and contested. And Coach Black came up there and said, what did we say we were going to do? He said, Coach, I wanted to, don't you, get Brad. So we would get line drills for anything. You always uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you always get oh So he said, yeah, get yeah. back at 10, 10 for coming back at me. And absolutely. Like, Coach, I was just, he still won't stop. Give him 20. Yeah. <laughs> that was like this. And so by, by now, Mark Zwart and Hank Ward Captain said, dunk, dunk, easy. He said, no. I'm going to get my point across. He said, Coach, this one, give him 40. 30. <laughs> and we're like, Brad, you know, we're grabbing. He said, no, no. He got up to 180. And he, I and do he know this story. He yes. said, you had enough, Duncan? Brad said, I'm just getting started. Give me some more. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, we were. And all of a sudden, and, took, and Coach did that long. Finally, Coach walked over and said, Duncan, that's enough. Brad had 222 line drills. Yep. He missed dinner at the, at, the, at the dorm. And Brad walks up to the men and said, don't cut none of them off. Told Jeff Rumman, I'm running every, and the guards had to run them at 28. That's down, back, down, back. Yep. Brad came in. We were coming from dinner when he got done. He walked in, walked past, goes out and said, and I did every last one of them in 28 seconds. <laughs> that's, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen at Illinois State University. And I'm talking about championships, whatever. And I, Coach was this, and I know Coach Dalwa think that was the coolest thing he ever saw. <laughs> okay. Didn't cut none of them. And like I said, I said, I said, you think I'm, no, no, Brad is Coach Donald's favorite player. And, and second place is way down there. Trust me on that, <laughs> Trust me on that man. So. All right, so we're going to talk about the Tulsa game. Um, I'm also going to put a picture of Ricky and I. I get to work Ricky's camp, so I always want to throw that in, right? He does a right, lot of right. training with one young kids. He works the camps if you you know you know of kids that love to play basketball he is one of the best trainers and best camps in town and i'll put a picture of him and i together and i go help out whenever yeah. i get a chance to and I so that is awesome so i want to make that call out but now we're at the and their picture will be up as we're talking but we're here oh, and, and he teases I, do you just show them how to set screens is that what your job is or what yeah, that's all I do. And how to fall. Good, hard fall. How to fall yes. and yeah. set screens. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's... I'm also really good at how to sit on the bench and hand teammates waters right from the managers so I can hand the waters up. Thank you, Ricky. You see what I have to work with here. It's not good. But, yeah, you got to um, make too much fun. Way, so, way Ricky and I was working Ricky's camp just last Thursday, just five days ago, and Ricky was talking about his Tulsa game. Which, junior year for the championship, Tulsa's either ninth or 16th. We have it on the Bird Fans Forever YouTube. You can watch the game. I'm actually going to watch the game and stat the game because we have no doubt he scored 20 points. We have no doubt he got 10 rebounds. We have no doubt he got nine assists. But, but you know, that's my favorite game of all time, you know. And it's not the most points I scored, you know. But, and, but for what it meant... We were playing for the championship. We were playing the number nine team in the country. We were ranked nine. Two, Thank you. You know, so um, it meant number one seed, win the title, 
cut down the nets, you were a championship, you know, and beat Tulsa, who was our rival then. And um, uh, I played pretty well. Now, the thing is, is that I played 40 minutes, and that's the closest. I know Muhammad Ali once said when he bought, fought uh, Joe Frazier the third time, he said, that's the closest to death I've ever came in my life. <laughs> that game was probably the closest I've ever came of passing out playing basketball. I mean, because my adrenaline was high, it had so much, and I just couldn't breathe at certain parts of the game. And he wouldn't take me out. And and uh, I wasn't going to come out. And I and I, and I didn't want to lose. And right. but, you know what? I'm like, you know, I'm like, you got 8,000 people yelling, and it just... Uh, you know, it was amazing. But the turnover part, man, I mean, I played well. But the thing is, and I share this with all the kids I work with, is that uh, uh, that game allowed me to stay aggressive, be aggressive, play more downhill, and to keep coming. And I tell kids all the time, I say, you know how the, you know how the Grand Canyon was built? The Grand Canyon used to be flat. You know, it was running water that built the Grand Canyon, you know. And, you know, to make, to, to make a diamond, you got to have pressure. You know, all those analogies and all those things we've said before. But... That was truly a game, man. That me, Mike, and Brad just kept pressure on them, kept pressure. They kept pressing. Yeah. yeah. And they won a national championship in Arkansas with that defense. Yeah. You know, yeah. It works at the at the highest level. But that day, me, Brad, and Mike just kept, and we had had some success again in the tournament that we beat them in the year before. But we just kept coming, and we kept coming, we kept coming, we kept coming, and they turned us over. Now, the last thing I want to say about that is that there's two types of turnovers. You know, there's Turnovers where they can get it and go, and it's transistor, there's turnover, dead ball turnovers. So, John, make sure you chart this when you watch it. One of my turnovers was an offensive foul. That means the play stop. We get a chance to get back to the defense. Right. Uh, one was an over and back. Yep. Like when they trapped me to have court. Um, one was a travel. Okay, so we got a chance to get back. So, I never threw the ball away. No, and we... You said you have six. I'm teasing you and say it's nine. You, I'm horribly dyslexic yeah, and you tease me all the six, time. But it was not, it was, I didn't throw it away. So it was basically, like I said, offensive and, foul, over and back, okay? So if you're going to turn it over, turn it over and gives your defense a chance to get back. Only two. Only two. Yeah. I'm going down yeah. now. <laughs> you're going down. <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, no, it's, uh, uh, we were just, um, it was a great game, man. And Tulsa had two good guards, man. Ricky Ross and Steve Harris, man. Oh, yeah. Harris ended up being a first-round draft choice. Ricky Ross was on that All-American team with Isaiah Thomas and Ralph Sampson. Man, they were loaded. Herb Johnson was with me with Cavaliers when we both got drafted by Cavaliers. And, uh, man, it was just a game, man. Back and forth, back and forth, man. It's one of my favorite games to watch on video, you know. And, you know, Hank, Hank. You know, and the most special thing about it was, to be totally honest with you guys, we had two seniors, man, that did a phenomenal job, Hank Corley and Mark Zwart. And Mark hits his last – Mark's averaging about seven points a game, eight points a game. But that game, Mark hits his last nine shots. Hank yeah. goes for 25 and 12. I've seen yours, Landis, and that's how you want to do it, man. You want your seniors. Yeah. And uh, Mark wasn't playing well the first half, and then caught fire, man. Uh, my, uh, my 10 assists, six went to Mark. You know, yeah, yeah, because yeah. and it's funny, man. Because that year, uh, we might, you know, we had some people that quit. We had some injuries. We basically uh, 
if you look at the if you look at that video, man, it's only two players on the bench, man. Yeah. You know, we yeah. basically had eight players the whole year. You have another team that finished in the top fifteen in the country ranked. And not eight players that played. We had eight players on the team. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, Billy Braxton played but had a broken foot most of the year, you know. You know, Hank had a mess. You know, we had eight you know, the manager, three managers had to practice all year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh uh it was nuts, man. I mean, so we everybody played, you know. I averaged 38 minutes a game that year, man. He did. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, but it was funny, man, because in, in the warm-up layup line, it's, it's only eight players. Four on that side. Four on that side. <laughs> <laughs> Here, man. You know, you're worried. You're sitting by the layup. Like, man, am I trying to shoot another layup in the warm-up line? And it was, uh, we were like, you know. And then in practice, if a manager hit a shot, oh, you know, we had a couple – Big boned referee, I mean manager, you know, Tony, you know, a big boned guy. <laughs> you know, bad, but, you know, but if they hit a shot against us in practice, that means we ran, baby. And every now and then, you know, you know, the sun sounds and the dogs rare every now and then, right? The manager would hit a shot, man, and we were like, he said, and we would go, we would say, you hit another shot, you see what happens to you after practice. Because, you know, <laughs> but he didn't change for the coaster. We still went from 220. To six o'clock, people don't realize that two twenty to six, right, Pimp? Amen. Every day, Amen. no day off. Every now day, you can only go what yep. six hours mandatory day off. Back yep. then, we went from two twenty to six every day. Forty-two Slick days Rick. straight before you got your first day off. Practice twice on Christmas. Okay, coach figured out a way to hook up a generator on the bus that when as soon as the game was over, he could watch the game tape. The tape coming home, and yeah, they would watch tape all the way home, and. We would hear it all the way home, and guys would be pulled back and watch plays. How long was that trip from West Lafayette? It would take you about four, three and a half, three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. yeah. Bus yeah. maybe four, Peoria Charter. Yeah. My freshman yeah. year, my freshman year, New Mexico State was in the valley, West Texas State. Okay. Yeah. So when we played New Mexico State, we just bust to West Texas. You know, right. That was in West Texas, New Mexico State, Wichita State. You know, you were gone for like. Seven days off campus. Yeah, absolutely. And they would yep. watch those games after there, man. And if you played well, you know, I played bad, you could just hear them up there, man. You tried to go through the front of the bus. Hey, man, I would have rolled on outside of the bus on the on the grill. So, <laughs> they did it with you, with you guys. They did it up in the front they of the bus. Be yelling at you. If yeah. you played well, you'd be there. Hey, come on back here, coach. You know, because <laughs> let's watch this together. Let's watch this together. I'm trying to get some more minutes. Hey, hey, rewind that. <laughs> the thing is, they never set it up when we played well that quick. They might no, have to no, no. When we played bad, that thing was ready to go. I mean, and the bus And it was like, loud. Hey, you could. You, it's running down the battery. We don't pay you to tell you about the battery. I'm like, man, we don't get. I mean, New Mexico, that's a desert. Ain't that around there, man? You know, we're walking your bodies in that desert, man. And, and we're riding the bus, dude, watching game tape. And the battery is going down and comes on the game that I want to watch it, man. He said, we got to take this generator off, man. He's like, hey. All right, Slick. Thank you so much for being on. This is where we turn it over to you to close out. Um, you, you know, you've been a huge influence to the guys that came after you. Um, and we love you to death. And, you know, it, it is awesome. So here's your close. Man, first of all, Pimp, thank you, man. Uh, you know, I, rem I remember when you broke your foot, man. You know, I was still playing professionally, man. I was like, man, 
and I never seen anybody, and me and you talked about this, it's like, and I told myself, I said, this kid ain't sitting out with his broken foot. He, I said, I said, Coach, he's going to play. And I'm home from a, you know, from the CBA, you know, from a, from a break from the CBA. I was like, this kid's going to play. He ain't sitting out with a broken foot, man. I said, I, and, and that's what resonates with me, man, is that, I mean, you, you know, I'm not surprised that you're doing what you're doing. And, and you I appreciate that great work with State Farm, man, because, you know, you're passing for life. You're passing for being a red bird, man. It resonates, man. So, you know, thank you, man. I basically played a small part, man. I just played my part, man. I was lucky enough, man, to come to a place, man, where this town uh, has taken me in. Uh, I couldn't live in a better place. If you would have told me I would still be living in Bloomington or I work at Illinois State for 25 years after coming back into town, man, I would have said, you're crazy, man. I mean, I'm a mama's boy. I was going back to stay with my mama, but... You know, this town's been great. I want to thank everybody, the people who are listening to this podcast. You you have no idea how much fun you made this. So, And I, and I try to say thank you. When you see me out there, I try to say thank you. And a lot of times people say, Ricky, why do you think I'm in it? Thank you because you had no idea. And John can speak to this how much you pulled those teams through when it was dark before the dawn, man. So yep. thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm going, it ain't Taco Tuesday, but I'm going to get some wings somewhere. Go get some wings. <laughs> <laughs> All I right, so this is Bird Fans Forever, episode 38 with Ricky Johnson.